probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Jabba the Hud. And joining me as ever, in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, is the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there. And when Captain Panaka decided he'd had enough of looking after Naboo and Amidala, this bloke stepped up to the plate. It's Captain Blytho. Oh, of course. <laughs> Captain Typho. Mate, <laughs> of course. Have we, we've not used that one. Nope, never used that one. Flaming heck. That is a naughty one. I love it. I love it. Happy Star Wars Sessions recording day uh, to you, Matty boy. Happy, happy, happy SWS recording day to you too, my friend. How and are you? happy Star Wars Sessions listening day for our listeners. Um, you asked me too. how I was, Matty boy, yeah, just then? I did. Sorry, I flipping barked all over you. Uh, no, yeah, good. No, I'm, I'm good, mate. I had a lovely, naughty weekend. Um, you know, good food. Uh, saw some friends, saw some family, all socially distanced, all kept, you know, took to process. Um, yeah, it was good, mate. Played a little PlayStation. And that's it. Just mostly chilling. Went for a gorgeous walk on Saturday with a friend up in North Essex in Dedham. Uh, well, I saw actually, those pictures. Oh, bro, it was beautiful 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 bit of the country and it's a lot of it where we were walking actually was on the essex suffolk border Mm -hmm. so um yeah oh mate it is stunning it's a stunning bit of the world especially when the old uh, sun shines out oh mate gorgeous what about you dude what have you been up to blue skies are plenty i'm looking out the window now and the sky is blue it is like a tatooine blue out there um mate I'm, i'm on top of the world i had for the first time in what are you now july about four or five months, I actually got out and went to the barber today. I've had a haircut, a proper haircut. Ooh. The um, um, the boss, the Sith Lord at home here, she's been doing my hair and has done an admirable job, um, though I did look like I had a mullet at one point. So I finally <laughs> got to go out and get my hair. Even the bloke who did my hair was like, oh, you, uh, interesting job with this one. I was like, I, I know. If you could just reconstruct it to how it usually is, that would help. Um, and it's made it look quite nice. So had an, um, I had a haircut, so I actually feel generally so much better now. Um, saw the uh, saw the rents to family at the weekend. So, again, yeah, went out, had a nice time in the sun. Um, the nipper enjoyed that, and been looking forward to uh, a big show to tonight. Oh. And um, before that, though, we've got a, we've got a new addition to the squad, mate. Yes, we have. We got another patron. Oh, yes, we do. Big shout out to Mark Rolf, who has joined at the This Is Where the Fun Begins tier. What a king. Hope you enjoy all of the perks of being a patron. Uh, Jibber Jabber with Jabber the Hud uh, dropped last week. Uh, the journal's coming soon. We've got a podcast. Next month, we've got something sp- spicy dropping for the patrons too. But, mate, we just thank you very much for supporting the show uh, financially and at that level. So uh, your support means the world to us, mate. Yeah, thank you so much, March, Mark. Mark? <laughs> I was like mixing Mark and much. Uh, thank you so much, Mark, for joining in the spiciness. Like Mark and much would be March. So thank you very much. Thank you very much. 
Yes. Thank you, thank you, your Madge. Um, in the back, speaking of your Madge, in the background, I'm sure I can hear the the bongs of Big Ben Kenobi. Oh, can I hear that? Do you know what? I think I can, mate. News round. Various outlets are reporting that Hayden Christensen will have a major role in the upcoming Kenobi series. Giancarlo Esposito has dropped a hint that season three of The Mandalorian is already being written. For $120, you can own a pair of Adidas Luke Skywalker Stan Smith shoes, complete with Luke's famous No! from The Empire Strikes Back printed on the outsole. This is Guy Henry, known for playing Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. For this week's main discussion, we're talking about $120 Adidas Luke Skywalker Stan Smith shoes. Uh, Well, actually, we're talking about something from the same film. It's all about we're looking into the Luke and Yoda scenes from The Empire Strikes Back. That film, you may have heard of it. We couple well, it's like a couple of months ago. It was a while ago now. Uh, we did our uh, "We Are What They Grow Beyond" episode with uh, Luke and Yoda in the Last Jedi, which we seem to think is one of our best episodes. And from uh, asking you guys, so do you. So, firstly, thanks very much because we love doing an episode. So, we thought we'd come up with the idea tonight of uh, rewinding a little bit and going back to where it all began for the two uh, the, on Dagobah. So, Lukey boy, Luke and Yoda. From the Empire Strikes Back. You know, what are we thinking about this one? I think it wouldn't be unfair to say that this is one of the most iconic scenes in film history. Um, the effects are great. Every, everything about this scene is great. And um, obviously, we've gone back and rewatched, um, you know, this scene in particular um, over the weekend and last week, really to just soak up, you know, them feels. So I've seen it a few times this week on my phone and on the TV, right? Because, you know, they're totally different experiences, I think, just watching, you know, something on a small little screen (laughs) while you're on the bog and actually in your living room, you know. Um, And, mate, I think this scene is just so memorable. It's so iconic. You know, even if you've never seen Star Wars, you're you're probably familiar with some of this scene, maybe what what, uh, dialogue happens in it. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's, it's not just face value. There's a lot of real world advice in this scene. You know, when Yoda meets Luke and well, when Luke meets Yoda and obviously they get to know each other a little bit and, and we're going to kind of break it down, right? Because it's quite a little adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, Matty boy, what about you, man? Yeah, man. So I've um, rewatched this plenty of times over the last week. And I've mentioned before on probably the second show we ever did, which is the OT look back, um, but, and on subsequent shows. But this is this scene is my first memory of anything Star Wars. As like I said, I remember going downstairs and it was on in the front room. And it was just this scene with, you know, a, a guy with, um, with beefy muscles in a sweaty vest with a ocean colour scene haircut uh, speaking to like Kermit. I was like, what? No, I'm like six years old. What's going on here? And 
I remember watching it, thinking it reminded me a bit of like the Dark Crystal, just because of like, yes. the swampy environment and the, and like just what just what was going on, not necessarily with Luke and that, but um, and when I was a kid, I thought this is a bit odd, and like I've mentioned before, but growing up, I mean, everything about it is just it's for, for the reasons you said, it's spot on, and adding things like obviously John Williams' score, the uh, Hamill and Frank Oz w- working opposite again, opposite each other. You know, Mark Hamill working against a puppet. How's that going to work? You know, the technical aspects. Everything came together to create this wonderful moment in film, which, um, like a moment, like, like the beginning, when, when the guys meet for the first time, could have really, like, clanged if it mm. hadn't gone well. But honestly, mate, it's, it is. You're, you're right. It's one of the iconic moments in the saga, if not, if not the most. It, it, yeah, and cinema, you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it really is. It really is up there. And there's a lot of artistry in this scene. You know, we're going to dig into. Um, but we, we do have like, a, you know, a rough kind of structure to to this discussion. And obviously, we're going to be playing about some dialogue for you guys. So, you know, it, it's going to be proper spicy. But let me tell you this, mate. So cool. I was watching this Saturday. All right. I had a little spare time in between going out and stuff like this for, for, for me walk. And um, I was watching uh, that scene on Empire on my, on my telly, and literally, I I, th- I think I think for the first time in my life, I asked myself, I wonder if you were seeing Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. you know, in the eighties, for the first time, would you think that this little green dude that Luke meets? Yeah, is Yoda, and I was like, no, surely, because okay. especially when when you when you first meet him, he's he is very quirky, a bit crazy. I think by design, he's meant to be that, right? Of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, 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 do you know what? I immediately phoned up one of our friends. Right, it's uh, Matt Pavely, not Matt Hudson, Matt Pavely. <laughs> And uh, Matt's been on the podcast before, and he's a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And um, he has the caravan of courage in his garden. You know, That's it's right. absolutely absolute dream, absolute king. And anyway, I, was, I, I wanted to see how he was doing anyway. And I was speaking to him on the phone. I asked him this question. I was like, "When you?" Because he was a kid when he saw Empire in cinemas. I was like, "Dude, like when you saw this, like did you expect Yoda to be this Jedi Knight?" Because Luke keeps talking about this Jedi Knight, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, he told me this 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 kind of like summary, this this story, and I went, "Dude, stop what you're doing, yeah. Please record me a message and send it in." And he's like, "Okay, well, I'll try and summarize and stuff." I went, "Yeah, just you know, <laughs> do your thing, Matty boy. Do your thing, Pavely Amadola and Matty boy. If I'm not mistaken, we do have a cheeky audio clip to play. We've got the tones, yeah. We've got his tones." We got the Pavely tones. Let's let's hear it, mate, boy. Let's hear it. Hello there. My good friends, Matt and Luke on Star Wars Sessions podcast, have asked myself, an old man also named Matt, his early memories of when he first saw Yoda in Empire Strikes Back. Well, as I said, I'm an old man, so I actually saw this film when it first went out all those years ago. And I remember being completely taken back as a young child as to who Yoda actually was. 
I had absolutely no idea that he was going to turn out to be one of the most powerful Jedi Masters. When Luke first encounters him, with his quirky ways and almost slapstick comedy with R2-D2, it was hilarious as a child. But then, the character could go so dark and mysterious. None of us, as younger ones in the cinema, had any idea that this again would turn out to be such an influential character in the Star Wars universe. Old man, young man, that's a brilliant summation because I hadn't thought about it. And like you just said, Lukey boy, you sat there for the first time and thought, well, hold on, back in 1980, what are, what are people thinking when they see this? Because it's quite, looking back now, okay, when he first meets Luke, he's he's odd, he's just odd bullfrog dude. And looking back now, he's putting on this act to throw Luke and the audience off the scent. But it's that second part we don't really think about, throwing the audience off the scent. And hearing that brings it on home just to know that a, a young lad in the cinema was watching this thinking that maybe this green guy is like a, a guide. He's going to guide Luke to this gallant, uh, probably six foot six Jedi Knight, Jedi Knight or something like that. Turns out Yoda was him all along. And I can imagine, again, there was another twist in this film which probably blew his mind as well. But I can imagine being a kid and just seeing that and when Yoda reveals himself, mate, that must have been, again, considering that this is a sequel to an already very good film and this one just keeps giving and giving and giving. Man, what a big moment that was for a young mind. Absolutely, man. And I really think uh, this gives us a little bit of perspective, you know, because we are prequelists. You know, we were we are the prequel generation. We were born at the right time to go see all the prequel films in the cinema when we were young. And, um, yeah, I think we kind of take this for granted because and I said this to Matt Paveley. I was like, mate, because, you know, I have grown up knowing Yoda as a Jedi because he is that big in popular culture. It's just like how everyone and their aunt down the street knows Darth Vader is a baddie. They just they just know it. They don't need to know anything else about the Star Wars story and mythology. They just know, oh, Vader, bad dude. Yeah, just like with Yoda, good dude, okay? Now, at the beginning of Empire... Um, yeah, it's a bit different, you know, and you can imagine in 1980, you know, that that would have shocked a lot of audiences. And I loved hearing Matt Paveley's experience on that, you know, mm. because he was there and we we didn't have that, you know. We, you know, I think that is just so, so interesting. But also what follows is interesting. And, you know, as we go through the rest of this discussion, you know, ask yourself, how would modern audiences react to a little puppeteered green dude who, who by the way, doesn't even look like a puppet most of the same. Like, 99% of the time, he, he looks incredible, right? How would modern audiences dissect this would they be so annoyed and would they try and cancel star wars because right. you know they're saying what you're telling me this all green things a jedi master no 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 not my jedi yet no so it's and i'm sure not everyone would think that but just mm -hmm. have a little think as we start this spicy deep dive well you're right captain blifo if if any of the sequel trilogy had the moment where luke meets yoda for the first time on dagobah if any of those films had it had that scene in there would have been uproar, you know, Luke, the, you know, the hero, meeting this green guy who's, um, you know, he starts wiggling his bum, he's got a silly voice, 
He steals food. He starts bashing R2. Mine, mine, mine. You'd think, what on earth is going on with this? But um, the but looking at it with our eyes, like, as I mentioned, it could have really clanged if it didn't work, but it did. The puppetry and the believability of it made it work for me. As I mentioned, Mark Hamill working against this puppet and Frank Oz, if Mark Hamill in these things feels like he's acting against something, a tangible organic being, not a puppet, generally, honestly, the way that Mark Hamill managed to get his emotion across whilst acting against that puppet, I think it sells as a scene, even in the funnier moments. And yeah, when we first meet Yoda, he's just sitting on a, on a stick, you know, and what I found interesting was Luke, similar to Rey in the last Jedi, when she says she's, she's been to this island before she felt like Luke says, there's something familiar about this place. He then says, it feels like we're being watched, but I was like, cool. That's something that again, we don't need to dive into every single quote and make a story out of it, but Fun little quote, you know, throwaway quote. It's never been expanded on. It's something familiar. Yeah, that's place. a good point, man. Yeah, that's it. I, I noticed maybe it on the rewatch. Maybe it's because it's one of the... It, it, it's strong with the Force, isn't it, Dagobah? So maybe that's yeah. why it might seem so familiar to Luke. But that is a, a smidge far-fetched, maybe. Maybe. But it's one of those things you don't really need the definitive canonical answer to. Um, but yeah, the, the, the intro to yoda oh it's so flipping good and it's so it's kind of camp you know like in, in, in the old classic sense of the word you know in in cinema it is like a little over the top and there's this thing where even um uh yoda tells him yeah i know where yoda is you know he's playing with him because uh, of course as the audience we don't know he's yoda yet right and uh he he just like bursts out laughing he's like yeah take you to yoda i will <laughs> And it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's a better impression. Uh, and <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're like, yeah, this is weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. Star Wars is very weird, and I love it. I'm when it works, it. you get this. It works. And then you get that great quote, I'm looking for a great warrior. That wars not make one great. Again, so with the hindsight good. of the prequel, it's so good. With our hindsight... Clone Wars prequels, we know what Yoda's been through. But even if, even without any of that, it's it's a prevalent quote. You know, you you, war doesn't make somebody great, doesn't make them bold, doesn't make them anything. It's you know, is what it is. But yeah, I I think it's a great opening scene, which was executed <laughs> oh <laughs> really well because again, otherwise, had had they got it wrong, had they aired too campy, it breaks the tone. But it was also just the right length as well. And we told, we we spoke about last week how like Empire was kind of on thin ice when it comes to choices with the film and the deleted scenes. Yeah, but like like you said, it does really it comes real close to being a bit too over the top. Um, but you know, the out of the many many people involved in the production of Empire, you know, they really did get it right. They really did get it right, and it, I, I think it that only becomes more evident once you get one once Yoda and Luke go to to his hut. And by the way, droids are still left outside. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> Yoda still don't like droids inside because you got little at the hut. You got little R two at the back, just like staring in. If you rewatch the scene, guys, I don't know if you've noticed this before, but like you can see uh, as as you kind of pan onto the hut, R two is on his tippy toes, like, see, looking yeah. in the window. And during the whole scene, R two is just staring in, like <laughs> like a murderer, just creeping so, through the window. Yeah. That's it. He, 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 but R two is a bit of a creep. So yeah, 
controversial, but you heard it here first. Yeah, sessions scoop. Um, but yeah, let Matty boy, how about that audio for Yoda's hut scene? Here we go. Why wish you become Jedi? Hmm? <laughs> Mostly because of my father, I guess. Huh? Father? How for Jedi was he? How <laughs> for Jedi? Oh, come on. How could you know my father? You don't even know who I am. No, I don't even know what I'm doing here. We're wasting our time. I cannot teach him. The boy has no patience. You will learn patience. Hmm. <clears throat> Much anger in him. Like his father. Was I any different when you taught me? <sighs> He's not ready. Yoda. I am ready. I, Ben, I, I can be a Jedi. Ben, tell him I'm re- ready. Are you? What knows? Ready. Take it away, oh. big boy. Oh my days! It's, it's just. <laughs> well, that's just a part for, of it. I, for a good few minutes, right, in this film, okay, on screen minutes, yeah, you you have this little green creature <laughs> who looks fantastic, by the way, and he's he's just spitting out all this kind of like nonsense a little bit, and he's kind of a bit crazy, a bit away with the fairies, and literally, guys, literally, like that, yep. the change, the tone change is unbelievable, you know, this... Jedi, who's been through all of the, the you know, like, like you said, Matt, the Clone Wars. You know, and before that, he's trained generations of Jedi. And he just changes, you know. But and, and it's like, in a second, you know that. You go from being like, this is just a crazy frog-looking, you know, <laughs> puppet thing, um, to, ah, there's more here than, you know, than expected and you know maybe that was a test because luke did he was so quick to anger just like his father just like anakin skywalker and that is crazy that is crazy and mark hamill's performance during all of this you know he is he is working off a puppet here guys and he, he is absolutely killing it um but Luke's tone quickly changes, and there is a lesson in that. That and that is an old lesson: don't judge a book by its cover. That is the key here, because that's exactly what Luke did. He's like, "Oh, who's this guy?" You know, and that is what the Jedi always did, right? You think back of our episode we did about the um, the failures of the Jedi, and you know how Obi Wan spoke about Jar Jar. You know, within within minutes of knowing him, he's like, "Oh, why do I feel like we've um, picked up another? What is it? Wasteful life, life form. What is it? Pathetic life form. That's it. Pathetic life form. Yeah. What? Come on, mate." What's all that about? And Yoda's um, and Luke under a little bit of pressure, a little bit of stress. He's very quick to go to a little glimmer of the dark side, right? So when I always hear, "Oh yeah, Luke Skywalker's the world's biggest optimist," flipping hell, no, he's not. What's <laughs> he's the not. He is, Luke Skywalker is so normal in in a very good sense, in a very nice, lovely sense, you know. Um, 
because, yeah, uh, people are quick to assume. They are quick to judge things by the cover of the book, mm-hmm. you know? But there's a lesson here. Matty Boy, what did you think about this hut scene? I, I love this hut scene, man. And again, with the in hindsight, the scene is enhanced by the prequel trilogy and vice versa. This enhances that because Yoda's discussing Anakin, you know, your father, much anger in him like his father uh, and the similarities between father and son. We can picture now the scene of young Anakin, Jake Lloyd in the council chambers when Mace and Yoda are saying he's too old, you know, he's, he's full of fear. He misses his mother. We can picture that and how Yoda will relate that to his son, to Anakin's son now who is also, you know, at the first sign of um, being pushed out, he he starts getting angry. Like I say, he starts tapping into that darkness somewhat. Yoda's been there before. He's seen it. He's not being clowned around again. But you also really get to see how the Jedi function for the first time. Again, we knew before the Empire came out, we knew nothing about the Jedi other than, you know, they were cool. Now we find a little bit about, about their codes, their ethics, their beliefs, and the rules, which we knew nothing of from A New Hope. Like I say, that he's too he's too old. The how a Jedi doesn't seek this, how a Jedi uh, doesn't seek that, and it, you find out a lot. It becomes a lot more rounded. It's not just these guys are saber wielding like heroes. It's a code. There's ethics for them. And after this part as well, we get that wonderful bit where Luke says, "I'm not afraid." And then he mentioned the tone. Yoda, he's not messing around. He's you know you will be, you will be. And again, the music rises then and almost like a shadow falls over the scene when, you know, Yoda's like, you you will be. And then you see every every uh, moment of Luke being afraid after that, including obviously something like The Last Jedi. But the use of the Force theme in this is what sells it for me as well. Because again, this is before the Force theme was um, grossly overused in trailers, in marketing and in the films themselves. In the last few films, the force theme has been used far too much. Whereas when it's used like it was in this moment, it just slaps, man. It's just so good. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, true. And it's just the way Ben, uh, Ben comes in as well. The moment you find out that Yoda's, he, he is Yoda. And when Obi-Wan's voice has suddenly comes into it, you're like, hold on, step back a second. That's Ben Kenobes talking. And the, this is Yoda. And, and it's Luke's face as well in the scene. But he's just, it's almost as if he didn't know that this green guy was going to be Yoda, you know, in production. He, it's like he's just found out as well. Great bit of acting. But again, it, we find out more about the Jedi. We know now an awful lot about them, but then we didn't. And this is our lesson here. And we're finding out as well that, well, hold on. What do you mean? His father had much anger in him. What's, all, what's this all this about? And we see Luke's uh, being tempestuous and jumping off at the deep end. Like you say, the optimist probably have one the only time he's ever optimistic is when he's looking out over the twin sons of Tatooine because he wants to join the Imperial Academy and join the Empire because he thinks they're great because of the naivety of the farm boy after that all that optimism goes pretty much so um but the the hut clip is great I don't fancy Yoda's root stew very much but um fun fact as well that the door to Yoda's hut was made out of the the ship from the deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith it was uh, repurposed for the doorway to his hut. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, nice. Canon. Nice. I like it, man. That's a nice little factor. But no, I love what you've brought into that about the rules of the Jedi. Again, mm. that's something that I didn't really 
necessarily think about and that's what's so good about this podcast man is like like live as as we record you know we find these uh perspectives out you know that we both have um and that's and that's what's brilliant about these films is that there is a lot to dig into especially these scenes because these sort of scenes are once again some of the best things in cinema and guys 1980 1980 watching the empire strikes back especially on disney plus or if you're watching on 4k or blu-ray oh my days this film this film it looks better than return of the jedi its sequel yeah you know it looks better than than most of the scenes in the prequels are over cgi'd you know it is just really a work of art and this scene is certainly that even you know what i noticed is the the eye work with yoda right Mm. the way they operate the eyes is tremendous and that's something they didn't quite do as well in the last jedi although the i i think he's meant to look like kind of not as worn but kind of younger in the last jedi because he's a force ghost right yeah. but um, yeah the 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 eye work on on the yoda sure. puppet is just spot on in in empire um but yeah it, it, this just really highlights the connection of that skywalker blood you know luke again failing right he, he's already felt first time you know like he's 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 got an opportunity to be kind and um you know express you know jedi things um but of course he fails because he's a newbie because he's going to fail yep. he's going to fail he's human um just like yoda and just like Obi-Wan, and just like the Jedi before both of them. Uh, and that's what's so interesting. No, I'm spot on, mate. And it's funny you mentioned how it looks, because I, I love me CGI Yoda in the prequels, just because I think they did a... It, oh, yes, it. if you were to uh, take that Yoda and dump him into one, one of the new films, CGI's moved on an awful lot, it would stand out. But in those films... CGI Yoda was very, very impressive, and it looks great. Certainly better than the Phantom Menace puppet they used, but you can't beat the real deal. In this film, you can watch the, these scenes, and you don't, honestly, and I know it sounds like hyperbole or fanboy, but you don't realise you're looking at a puppet. Honestly, in certain, you just don't. You, you get so swept into the magic and the mysticism and the music and the setting and everything. It, it, it just doesn't feel like you're watching a puppet and... I think it's, it's a great point you mentioned about the eyes. I need to go back and look into that. But it's not just, I mean, you get to see, it's not just Yoda in a hut, obviously. But as the scene goes on, we see him outside. We see his, we see full body shots of Yoda in his robe. So it's not just um, clever trickery, the way they just don't show his feet, because they do. And he, he can also do things like lift X-wings out of a, a swamp. I don't know if you've ever tried doing that, Lukey boy, but it's quite hard. I've tried, you know, when I was growing up, I grew up in front of a wood. So, yeah, I tried that on my weekends, obviously. But, um, yeah, to not much avail, sadly, mate. No, well, the force has always been with your hair, but maybe not with lifting uh, X-Wings. But um, moving on to how the scene progresses, we've got another audio clip, and it's got a couple of quotes in it that you guys, uh, you may have heard of. So here it is. We'll never get it out now. So certain are you. Always with you, what cannot be done. Do you not think that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No, no different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn 
what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. <sighs> that line, heard of it. It's, it's another moment in this film, in this uh, sequence... Which is, and it's a word which I think is overused, and I don't usually like using the word, but it, iconic, and it really is. Even if the the if the sentence has been quabbled over, the phrase does it actually mean anything? Is it actually good teaching? Do or do not. There is no try. Don't try. You either do it or you don't. That's how I see it. Is it's kind of like an ultimatum. It's a, it's an absolute. So Yoda is a Sith, actually. But um, yeah, that's it. I ironic. This, I love, iconic. I love this scene, mate, and. <laughs> It's, again, it shows Luke as as the Luke we know. You know, he's like, always with you, it can't be done. And, you know, this is completely different, lifting rocks. And Yoda's like, only in your mind, mate. Unlearn everything that you've learned before. This this is like, this is chapter two of your life now, phase two. Try not, do or do not, there is no try. And just just that scene before even, before he even starts lifting the X-Wing, just that bit of dialogue, mate, is... Um, it's just classic Yoda. Yes, it is. And it doesn't, I think it's one of those things that can be applied with context. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that a Jedi always mean that trying is just something that doesn't exist. Right. <laughs> and, um, right. I, I really don't feel like that. I, I think Yoda's saying about this, about this, right? It's like um, saying, oh, I'm going to try to revise. You know, no, you, you either go and revise or you don't. You don't try to revise, you know? It's just one of those things where, and I think it can kind of be applied here because once again, you know, Luke can obviously use the force. Luke is obviously strong with the force. It is mental blocks, in his head. It is what he has been brought up with, you know, his local uh, influences, you know, his socialization for, for lack of a better word, um, locally in, in, uh, with his family, with aunt Baru and uncle Owen, you know, um, I think that plays a part. Obviously he didn't know his parents, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons. And he grew up in the middle of nowhere, kids that grow up in the middle of nowhere, you know, sometimes there's identity issues and, and other things. And, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about like a village, you know, in mid-Devon, like where I was born and, and lived for the first few years of my life. No, nah, he lives in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yeah. Like, if there's a furthest so point I think in the bright centre of the galaxy, whatever it is, this is it. That's it. That is it. This would be the furthest from it. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I think there's a lot of things that play into it and, and Yoda's saying no look forget about all of that forget about everything you've brought with you forget about the death star forget about your family just in this moment put all of your effort in don't try and think too hard about it right use the force and do it or don't and that will determine if you need more training or not you know if you need the right example or not you know he's he's and again this is almost like Good for Yoda to see, you know, where is Luke? Where is he on, on, on the spectrum of force strength, mm -hmm. so to say? You know, where, how strong is he? What does he understand? What has he done? Because obviously he, as a kid, he went on his T-16, you know, busting uh, womp rats. You know, kid was clever. 
the kid can pilot, right? He, again, he is not a silly lad. He's a clever lad. So I think, again, this is a two-way street here. Sorry, yeah, I was just I was in awe of what you were saying. <laughs> Honestly, mate. No. I was just listening to what it sounds like. I was just picturing That's the scenes right. in my head of Luke from A New Hope, like you mentioned from A New Hope, um, Bullseye and Walk when he says that in the Death Star uh, briefing room uh, on the brief the attack run room, uh, to where he is now. And like you say, he's a good he's a good pilot, best best in the outer rim. But when it comes to, you know, discipline which is what Yoda's saying here, you know, mm. it just is one, yeah, lifting rocks is one thing, and it is, this is completely different, yes, you're right, but only in your mind is it different. It, you know, Yoda's saying, in, in in reality, it's the same thing. If you want to make it different, you can do. It's discipline. Unlearn what you've learned. Don't don't think about trying. You, could, you either put your mind to it, or you don't. That is the only way you're going to succeed. If you try, then, you know, you open yourself up to failure. And again, that is, you, you could look at that and think, well, you know, is that a bit shady? But how you said it was spot on in this instance. You, in context. You, yeah, it's context. Yeah. You do or you do not in terms of what he was asking him to do. You know, tap into the force. You want your X-Wing out of the swamp. You either tap in, unle- unlearn what you have learnt and do it. it man. Or you do not do it. And, you know, you don't tap in. You don't unlearn. You don't um, change what's in your mind. And you stay where you are forever. Basically, this is where you, what you'll always be. And... And it's also prevalent for, again, Luke's development. He's questioning a Jedi master. We know, again, a grand master. You know, this is, this is completely different. You know, it can't be done. And and even when he says, do or do not, there's no try, Luke, he, he reaches his hand out. And even then it's, which you can either interpret yes. as a huff or as a, oh, I'm ready to go for this. But it's yeah. always, yeah, exactly. it's always something with, Luke, and again, as the scenes and sequences go on, you're talking about judging books by its cover, there's Luke is doing that, but there's always something holding him back, and it's himself. Yes, yes. Now I have, you've said something that is that's kind of like again jogged another thought in my head that I want to say, but probably after the result of what happens next. Um, because one, once again, this is this scene is teaching all, all of what you've just said, Matt. But again, it's this theme of failure. You know that Luke has come with certain expectations in his head, and they're different. Um, and yeah, it's fascinating. It, it really is fascinating, and it's it's so interesting to see how these characters just play out with their words, actions, their their micro expressions, like what you've just picked on, um, picked up on, uh, Matty Boy. You know, with the okay. <sighs> Oh, and he tries you know and it's like oh man yoda probably knew like from there you know oh man like i'll be surprised if this kid does it and you can kind of see it on his face you know well, when he tries um, to lift the x-wing in this in this scene luke struggles to lift it but when the x-wing suddenly starts to come out of the swamp you're talking about the eye work yoda's eyes go wide and i can't tell if it's like joy or if it's awe or he's dumbstruck and r2's beeping away but um, i think he's shocked yeah see in shock it's like Oh wow! Maybe this kid is the. Re- it could be the real deal. Um, and then obviously the starfighter stinks, sinks back into the swamp, and Luke walks off and he properly flounces as he sits down, and starts pouting to himself. Proper has a sulk. And it was actually a great, a lovely frame shot the way he sits down uh, in between um, the the branches and roots of a tree. Really nicely framed shot. But yeah, he he tries to lift the X wing, 
Yoda thinks he's done it. Luke doesn't do it. He doesn't try again. He doesn't ask for words of advice or wisdom. He flounces off. And that is the Luke we now know. Yes, absolutely. You know what, mate? It's just all so good. So good. <laughs> there he is, Dandelorian. That's it, mate. That's it, mate. And this this kind of just goes perfectly into what happens mm. next. I can't. It's too big. Size matters not. Look at me. Judge me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us. And binds us. Luminous beings are we. Not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship. You want the impossible. Oh, mate, that is just gorgeous. That is just absolutely gorgeous. And and this is and this is what I was going to say, right? Is that so? Yoda beforehand says do or do not, right? And when Luke doesn't, (laughs) Yoda doesn't just go, oh, you know what? Forget about it. I'm out of here. You're a waste man. Like he don't just like bowl it off. You know, he speaks to him, he talks him through it. He is teaching, right? So once again, you learn that the do or do not thing isn't, it, it can't just be an ultimatum. Yeah. It's more than that. It's, it's, it's a lesson. Yeah, it's, it's to do with the context once again. And I thought that was an interesting part. But I mean, a flipping hell, like the dialogue in this. And once again, this is a puppet. But at this point, like you, you're not even sitting there thinking, I'm watching a green puppet, you know, operated by Frank Oz and peeps. You know, you're not thinking that. It's just so much emotion and meaning and spirituality in one bit of dialogue. Oh, man. Phenomenal. Fantastic. It's the speech, isn't it? The Yoderism. It's the force. It's, it's explained in, what, under, under about 45 seconds, the force has been explained perfectly for what it is. You know, life creates it. It's an energy field that surrounds us. We're all luminous together. You feel the force between everything, and that's it. You know, it's not. You don't need you know Yoda sitting in his hut with a chalkboard, you know, drawing pictures of the force and diagrams. In that sort of forty-second monologue there, with the force theme again. I know I say it's been overused, but again, when it's used perfectly like this, honestly, I'm, I'm listening back as we're listening to those clips. I got a big old smile on my face because. It takes me back to being a, a wee bearer, a wee nipper again, watching this and just thinking, it's like, it just feels magical. It feels like it is in a galaxy far, far away. You feel like you're in this swamp planet in, you know, billions of light years away and it, this happened. I don't know, it's just something that's about life lessons, but I mean, obviously the force itself, sadly, I believe, isn't real. 
but it's the whole judge me by my size do you like you said don't judge a book by its cover luke a fully grown strapping man can't do this uh task he's been handed whereas yoda's like you know do you judge me because i'm a little fella i mean i i i stand that i dig that completely but yoda gives this big beautiful speech and even then luke is still like sneering like you are the impossible fella and then yoda's there's only one way to school a punk like that you've got a pupil in your class who's trying to you know he's trying to show you up yoda does just again without any words reaches his little hand out his little, little claw that x-wing comes out smoothly it's like a hot knife through butter the way that uh, x-wing comes out of the swamp and oh mate it's it's just a beautiful 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 moment and the small green frog dude is the wisest jedi of them all in this moment just just in that 45 second monologue there that's you know that's it that's all we need to know for every film before and every film that comes after to do with star wars that's it you know what's the force that is that is the force we know we've got midichlorians and that and that's been explained away now in recent canon as you know that's just that like you like luke Bly actually said that was just you know the jedi dabbling in science to try and understand the deeper aspects blah blah well not so it doesn't retcon or overall this this is the force and the the greatest master of them all is the one who who tells the audience and luke as well and it's uh it's the best education I think I've ever had. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, and I think I, I love that you've brought up the midichlorian stuff as well. And once again, you know, we, we've covered that in our failures of the Jedi episode. But what that shows is just like it, it's just this one tiny bit of the Force. It, it could be that it's a mechanic of how that kind of works out, mm-hmm. um, and. I I think there's just a lot of real world application um, that you can take again, just from this, this scene in general, but especially this bit. And once again, um, you know, Yoda's telling him all of this, Luke, all of this stuff, all, all of this wisdom and uh, knowledge mm-hmm. and Luke processes it. And he just goes, well, you want the impossible. Mm. Right. And that's kind of what you're saying. And then Yoda reaches his hand out. And that's so true because once again, not judging a book by its color, that doesn't mean a person all the time. You know, that could be anything that could be a certain teaching, a philosophy. You know, there's, there's lots of things that actually require study. They require work. Mm -hmm. You can't become a Jedi over, overnight. You know, it's, uh, unless you're Ray, Uh, (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. We all know, we all know why Ray's so powerful, especially now after rise of Skywalker. Um, and Ray's a different character. And a Matty boy, I know we were talking earlier, and I know we want to kind of do a bit more of a character dive in, into a few characters into Star Wars. And Ray's a very different, you know, character to, to Luke. Mm-hmm. Because Luke, he's very quick to kind of give up. Yeah. He's very quick to go, mm, don't believe you. Bye. And that, that, when, when people say that, it's like, well, okay. You, usually there's, that leads to two things, right, or, or a couple of things. And usually you're like, okay, then, well, I'll walk away from the situation. Or you teach them and show them and, and reason with them, you know. Or you show, show and tell, do. And uh, Yoda, he, he, he do. He yeah. just shows Luke. He's like, right, okay, well, if you're being a schmuck, mate, about this, then let me show you how it goes down. 
Let me show you how it goes down. Because this is what Yoda is saying. He's saying, look, if you can move these rocks like I've seen you do, yeah, I know what you are capable of, then you can lift this X-Wing because it's all the same stuff. All the energy around it is the same stuff, including between this ground and the X-Wing. It's the same stuff. Yeah? Yeah. And Luke doesn't get that lesson. He doesn't get it. It, do- it doesn't sink in because that's what Yoda is saying. Yoda says to him, do or do not. Not because he doesn't know how to do it, but the opposite. Luke knows exactly how to do it. He knows. He just hasn't applied it yet. He hasn't figured that out yet. He hasn't practiced and he hasn't taught himself properly yet. And that is a teaching process. But Yoda knows Luke's capacity. And that is the lesson. That is the lesson. And that's a a common thing with school kids, right? My missus always tells me, you know, if I actually put effort in at school, I would have got a lot. I would have got some good grades. You Mm -hmm. know, I've got some decent grades. If I was interested in something, I I did pretty good. (laughs) Um, Right. And I think boys are like that a lot. But, you know, humans in general can can be like that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we're all we're all kind of geared differently, depending on, you know, what what your mindset's on, really. But history and stuff, I'm all down for it. See, Jimmy the Jedi, he's going to be all over that, man, because he's a history teacher. But, um, mate, it it really is so important, the lesson here, just to to stop and listen. Don't always be so quick to just be like, oh, well, I think this, this, and this in retaliation or, or in a response. You know, sometimes the right thing to do is humble yourself, slow down, listen to what they're saying. And that's what Luke didn't do. So Yoda has to do the inevitable, and he shows him to do. Can you imagine going to one of uh, Stephen Hawking's seminars, having him speak for half an hour about you know the mysteries of the universe, and then have some bloke in the audience just be like, nah, nah, I don't believe any of that, mate. I'm, you're a charlatan. You're, like, you're not listening to this man. You're like an expert in his field. And Luke goes into, you know, he, he bowls into Yoda's manner, and Yoda's not playing of do not. So he gives them a big fat do when he pulls that X-Wing out. And like you say, you, you, there are ways to handle it. And Yoda silently just says, he, he just doesn't even say anything. He just puts his hand out, reaches out into the force that binds everything, the, the swamp, the X-Wing, the mud, and everything around him, mm-hmm. and just pulls that X-Wing out. And it is a, it's a wonderful moment for us as the audience because, again, we judge him by his size, I'm sure. I'm sure we look at that scene and see this little, what, three-foot guy do what he does next and they'll be like, oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? That's this it, is the man. power That's it. we are dealing with is immeasurable here. And-, yeah. and and the lesson goes, goes like, it, it's so applicable because I, I know, obviously, you used the illustration of Stephen Hawking, but, like, Stephen Hawking is obviously, he, he is globally very well known. In the in this Star Wars universe, Yoda is a nobody now. Yeah. You know, Luke doesn't know who he is. No one recognizes him. He, he has been in hiding for, like, 30 years, 25 years or something, yeah. and he's a bit crazy, right? <laughs> a bit loopy. So, yeah, right? And so that's even that's even more of a reason to listen to 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 people 
um, because you know you can gain wisdom from from all kinds of of, of peeps, you know, um, despite the backgrounds and stuff. And I think this scene intentionally does that. There, there's lots of layers to this, lots of layers to this, um, because obviously, as the audience, we know that Yoda is kind of like this well-known figure that you know obviously applies wisdom. But that kind of links back with what we said at the beginning of the show, May Boy, is that we go into this film kind of knowing that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind I, – I don't want to say the word spoiled, but it's kind of been revealed to us already uh, through popular culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> you know, we know what we're in for. Um, Still awesome, and, yeah, that's, that's it, mate. That is it. It, it. It's just fantastic. And, yeah, it's just so well executed. And executed. Yeah, flipping out. That's it. That's it. Yes, mate. Lilo Ren hit the nail on the head there. And like I say, Yoda pulls that X-Wing out like nobody's business. You know, he pulls it out like Luke, you know, gets his pincers, picks a steak up and puts it on a plate. Bit easy, easy as that. And then, like we mentioned, Luke's just been fobbing Yoda off. And um, the end of that sequence, again, it sounds a little something like this. See it. Thank you, exactly. Yoda. Yeah. Well, Luke's has spent the whole time not believing it. You want the impossible, <sighs> always with you. It can't be done. Then he sees it, and even when he sees it, I don't believe it. It's you know, as you probably would say, and that is why you fail again. The, the way the music drops is so ominous, and you said it as well. Like a, just like a drop of a hat, Yoda turns from either loopy to spiritual to you know deadly serious like this, and the the, the mood suddenly changes and. To hear him say, you know, to our hero, you fail. That is why you fail. It's a big moment in the development of Luke, but also in the film because of what happens next. But um, again, like the scene, I'm not afraid you will be. This is just Yoda saying, you know, I'm not here to mess around. You know, this that is why you fail. I'm showing you this and you don't believe everything you've shown me. You're impetuous. You're too quick to jump to 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 um, to wrongs and. When you when you see something like this, even then, you know you're 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 in awe, which you would be. But a Jedi doesn't feel that, does he? No, exactly, exactly. And it, it, once again, it's that faith. You know, like Luke lacks that faith, and it's not like you know he's a bad kid for for not having that faith necessarily. You know, he's not had the foundation, he's not had the education, he's not been brought up with it. With it, right? It, it's all very new to him. And he's still figuring it out as he as he goes along, and obviously we know a, a smidge more about that thanks to the new comic books. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's just it's just interesting because I would imagine by the time he gets to Yoda, you know, he thinks he's pretty well rounded, yeah. um, you know. And you would again, like you kind of said, man, you you kind of would think that that's very human. It's human nature to kind of assume that, especially when you've put so much effort and time into it. And um, yeah, mate, if that is why you felt it, oh, bro, I mean, it's just timeless, isn't it? It's timeless. It is so good. It is so good. It's just classic lines, isn't it? That is why you fail. And it's just, a, it's like a hammer again, back in 1980, I'd love to know what Pavely Amadola thought of seeing the hero constantly almost back chat like the master. And then at the end he's told, and that's why you fail. And I guess, did, did he think that was it? That was the end of the training? That was no more Luke and Yoda? I'd love to know what people back then thought 
about that scene. Because um, after that, obviously, Luke leaves Dagobah. Yoda doesn't want him to go. And neither, and old, old Ben Kenobi appears. And he's like, you know, Yoda can't see the fate of your friends, buddy. And so even the two Jedi Masters can't keep Luke grounded. And that's, again, the development of Luke Skywalker is that even when he wants to go and save his friends, which is very, you know, it's very stand up of him to do that. But it's against the wishes of two people in the know. Yeah, and Kenobi even says, look, the Emperor wants you for your powers. Yoda says, only a fully trained Jedi Knight is going to conquer Vader. If you choose this path, you're going to become an agent of evil. And obviously Luke's, he's like, I'll come back, I promise, I'll come back, I promise. But even then, after everything he's learned, everything he's seen, everything he's been taught, drops it at the, you know, at the, stops at the drop of a hat. I guess in one sense, he does it for love, love of his friends, which is something that the Jedi were forbidden. So in a way, Luke, sorry, Yoda and Kenobes wouldn't understand that because it's something they've been conditioned not to believe in. But at the same time, from what we know, we didn't know that then, from what we know, Luke has been taught this these lessons and still kind of drops them and jumps at the chance to leave. Yeah, absolutely. But And, and it's, it's important to remember that Luke... Like if if Luke were to say and do everything Yoda and Obi Wan did, there wouldn't be a saga. There wouldn't be the happy ending at the Return of the Jedi, uh, because Luke was still almost being used as a weapon because of Yoda and Obi Wan's kind of you know hindered understanding of of the prophecy of the Chosen One. You know, it, it's yeah, it, it, and and it's it's clear that obviously in uh, Rebels. Obi-Wan and Maul, I always think of that scene. I think of that scene every now and then. I'm like, wow, what a good scene. In in, in uh, Star Wars Rebels, Obi-Wan and Maul face off. And uh, Maul asks Obi-Wan, you know, is that boy, is, is he the chosen one? And Obi-Wan goes, he is. And of course Obi-Wan thinks that. He's not going to think Anakin's the chosen one. Anakin is the chosen one, right? We know that as the audience. Mm-hmm. But Yoda and Obi-Wan, they're pinning everything on Luke, you know? And... They're expecting Yoda wants him to stay. Nah, man, you still got to get buff, get more buff, and get ready to take down both of them, right? Um, it's so interesting, man. So interesting, mate. It was spot on, and like I say, the only hope. But the Kenobi even says that boy is our last hope, and Yoda says, "No, there is another." I'd love to know what audiences thought of that in 1980, because you've got all everything we just heard with Luke and Yoda. All the messages, all of the faith, all of the mysticism, all of Luke, our hero, and how he we see him in a different light somewhat. And then we find out that actually there's somebody else out there. There's another hope. You know, what is that? I mean, I hypothesize, you know, could people think that Luke was going to die fighting Vader and be replaced by this new hope? Was that a thing that people were thinking then? Or did they think it's going to be like a tag team? I don't know, but... Honestly, mate, I think in, to end off this sequence in the film, and I guess the episode as well, but discussion, to have everything we've just seen and then have Yoda drop that bombshell, like, you know, there's actually another one out there waiting. They didn't, Nobody knew back, not George Lucas didn't even know who it was, but what a bombshell. And to wrap up that entire sequence with that, I mean, one of the greatest sequences in cinema and in a film which is known for twist upon twist upon twist, just to drop that in. Oh, God, it's just another reason why this scene is held up by so many. But just within the story itself, there's so much to take from this on a literal level, on a, must say, a mystical level, on a technical level, but on a story level. The amount of avenues and doors it opens is 
There's a reason why this scene is so well loved by us, by the fandom, by Frank and Mark themselves who acted in this. They loved this scene. And you just saw how Mark got so emotional with The Last Jedi when they, Frank Oz brought out the puppet and they, they did their scenes and it brought him back to this again. And I, I listened to all those voice clips with a big old smile on my face, man, because it takes me back. It takes me somewhere. It takes me somewhere, like, not say mystical, like I mentioned before. It takes me somewhere magical and... That's what I think about this entire scene. It's, it's the perfect package, isn't it, mate? Yeah, absolutely, man. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. This is Patrick Schneider, Senior Brand Manager for Hasbro Star Wars Fan Business. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions, possibly Britain's spiciest Star Wars show. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that promo always cracks me up. Oh, <laughs> I don't know who those guys are, but I'd love to meet them one day. Proper yeah, Comic Con, mate. Flipping, that was sweet. That's it. They sound like sort of guys who could uh, sing a couple of Kef beers in a cosplay pub afterwards. And as fate would have it, in this swampy little village we're in, the Bantina is upon us. Shall we? Uh, shall we dive on in, my friend? Mate, let's do it. <sighs> Two root stews, please, and a couple of Kef beers. Uh, so for those new to the show, as we do each week, we pull up some seats in the Bantina with the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We shoot the galactic breeze with you. A couple of Kef beers, as I mentioned. And we find out what you thought of the main discussion. Uh, and we also dropped another cheeky poll on our socials again. And we asked whether you'd rather have a Swifty in Chalman's Cantina in Moss Eisley from A New Hope or Mount Kanata's Castle on Takadana from The Force Awakens. What are the answers, big boy? Uh, well, 32.5% of you guys fancied a trip to the cantina and 67.5% decided on Maz's castle. Wow, I'm a bit surprised by that one. But there we go. Maz, congratulations on the verdict. I think I'm with him. I think I'd rather have a Kef beer in Maz's castle. What about you, mate? Yeah, I think I'm the same. It looks, looks a, a smidge more fun. Looks a smidge <laughs> more fun, a bit cleaner. Yeah, suits me down to the ground. Nice planet. I don't mind. I don't mind. But yeah, we asked you guys what you thought about the Luke and Yoda relationship, the scenes in The Empire Strikes Back. And to kick us off, it is familiar voice, familiar name, familiar royalty. It's Luke Summerfield from Wales. Let's hear from him. Arguably the best sequence and scenes in all of Star Wars. Yoda has become a very different Jedi to the prequels. At first, not willing to train Luke because his mind is always on the future, like the Jedi Council of old. Not in the moment, like Qui-Gon's legacy. We learn about patience, and funnily enough, in a movie called Star Wars, Yoda reminds us, Wars do not make one great. And remember... May the force be with you, Sessioners. Always. Help do I can? Yes! <laughs> the voice of the valleys again, mate. Oh, mate, what a legend. Yeah, pretty much completely in agreement with that. And I love the little nod that Luke has picked up with Qui-Gon's legacy. Love that. Yeah, good show, mate. Always love a canon tie-in. Uh, speaking of voice messages, we've got another one from another patron. 
Adrian Chorley, the man who talks the most sense in the entire galaxy. Uh, here's what the big man had to say. I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. For me, this is the moment that stands out with Luke and Yoda. Yoda has argued against training a Skywalker before, argued that he was too old, too reckless, and sensed much fear in that young boy. I believe Yoda was afraid to train Luke. However, when Luke boldly declares that he will not be afraid, Yoda's mood changes. I remember as a young boy being all of a sudden scared by the expression of this otherwise funny, kind and gentle character. The puppet work as he bares his teeth in saying, you will be, is quite extraordinary. This line is so important in the story of Luke Skywalker. Until this point, he'd never been afraid. He was the perfect hero. But Yoda was right in more ways than we could know at that time. Luke is immediately afraid in the cave, and then afraid on Bespin when Vader reveals the truth. His fear of Vader turning Leia sparks his anger on the second Death Star but fear also grips him when he looks into Ben Solo's future, leading to the downfall of his new order. And finally, he's afraid when Rey arrives and offers the chance of redemption. This whole line is why I could never understand the problems people had with Luke in The Last Jedi. And Luke perfectly sums it up in The Rise of Skywalker. Confronting fear is the destiny of all Jedi. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that, mate. And I like how you took it on from not just the Empire Strikes Back, but how Luke took these, uh, took his development from this into Cloud City, The Last Jedi, and the sequel trilogy. And confronting fear certainly is the destiny of all Jedi. So good one, mate. Oh, mate, the spice, the spice from the voicemails already <laughs> is getting to me. Uh, up next, we got Jamie Garwood from the Next to the Isle, who said, "I don't believe it." That is why you fail. Mic drop. Nuff said. Love it, Jamie. Here for that. Great comment. Patron OT Nick said the scene of Luke's failed lifting of the X-Wing is one of the most memorable Luke Yoda scenes for me. I feel it makes Luke's Jedi journey completely full circle in that moment of finally achieving it in the rise of skywalker as yoda's theme music plays oh what a good mention what a good mention that full circle oh chef's kiss love it uh zoe duncan said their first meeting is one of my favorites not all great people look great and adventures by jess said when luke says to yoda i don't believe it and yoda tells luke that is why you fail. It always reminds me you have to believe in yourself to make your goals happen. Fantastic. Love all those comments, guys. Thanks for sending them in. Yep. Legends a lot of you. And speaking of which, we're heading down under to um, one half of the legends from the Fly on the Wall podcast. This is uh, Luke. Luke from Fly on the Wall. What did you have to say, big boy? G'day, guys. This is Luke from Fly on the Wall podcast. My partner in crime, Big Woz, is absent without leave, so I'm doing this solo. Excuse the pun. Um, My favourite scene of Luke and Yoda in Empire Strikes Back has to be, well, let's first say I'm not a fan of Luke. I'm a fan of Luke's. I'm a Luke, and obviously I'm a fan of Luke Bly. Um, But, yeah, Luke Skywalker is a bit of a namby-pamby kind of fella. 
in my opinion. Um, so my favourite scene is when he goes, I'm not afraid. And Yoda says, hmm, you will be. You will be. Keep up the great work, guys. Love it all. Keep it coming. And uh, may the force be with you. Always enjoy hearing those Aussie tones. So thank you very much for sending that in, mate. And yes, Luke Skywalker does come across a bit wet in these films. So uh, And great, great impressions as well. So if you could just send in some more Yoda impressions, we'd love that, mate. So yeah, nice one, buddy. I know those, pre- those impressions are naughty, yeah, man. Yeah. Proper spice. Proper spice. And talking of Down Under, we got another voice message from one of our favourite people. It's Dylan. It's Darth. Daldo. Best podcast coming up with the best topics of conversation every single week. <laughs> um, I've just finished watching Render the System in a very Star Warsy mood. Uh, my answer to this question for this week would have to be the hut scene with Luke, uh, Yoda, and Obi Wan. In this scene, first of all, the music and setting are absolute fire. Like it just—it's amazing. Um, Obviously, with this scene, I think you learn so much about what it is to become a Jedi, how sacred it was. Uh, you learn there's already some questioning of what it means to be a Jedi. You get a bit of insight into Star Wars history and the Clone Wars, Anakin, a bit of insight into Yoda's past. And I think there's a real cool mirroring here with The Last Jedi, with that concept of being present and not looking too far into the future or too far into the past. And I think it's an absolute and, – and learning from your failures, which is an absolutely amazing concept that I try and bring into my everyday life. Um, and yeah, so this scene, uh, resonates with me in that way. And I just want to say to everyone listening, uh, hope you're all well, hope you're staying safe. May the force be with you and I'm sending you my love. Bye. What a king positivity oozing from Dylan there. Thank you so much to everyone who sent in their voice messages and comments we know it's an emotional scene and and that chunk of the film is just excellent it's some of the best star wars ever some of the best cinema ever so thanks for sharing your spicy opinions yep echo that and to those who didn't shout out this week as we say please do keep sending in your messages your voice messages your comments and we'll get we'll endeavor to get as many on as we can over the next few weeks so uh thank you for joining in the conversation and thanks to the guys who made it on this week um, speaking to thanks, let's uh, let's move on over to those geezers, those legends, and those ladies from our Patreon, and take a couple of their questions this week. Yes, absolutely. So we got some naughty ones this week, Matty boy. We got our first Patreon question from Matthew Bell Classic, and and he has a classic for us. This is just this is just classic Matthew. Listen to this, guys. So he asks, as part of the process of working out my Skywalker saga rankings, I watched the most recently doctored versions of the original trilogy. I'm not the biggest fan of George's tinkering, although I'm certainly not as bothered as some. What special edition type changes would you add to the original trilogy and to make it a bit trickier you can't say you change them back to the original theatrical versions my changes would be new hope Chewie gets a medal at the end empire maybe improve the snow troopers their costumes look a little cheap Sorry, there's very little fault I can pick with Empire and Return of the Jedi. Either make Bobber's demise more slapstick, if that's possible, or show Papa Palps escaping at the end. <gasps> Maybe with a helicopter lightsaber. You filthy boy. <laughs> what are you saying about that, Matty boy? What are you saying? 
Um, straight up, for A New Hope, I'd after last week, I'd add in the Biggs and Luke scene, uh, just for a bit of context and to humanise, as we said, and everything we said last week, I'd stick the Biggs and Luke scene on Tatooine in. Empire Strikes Back, um, I'd sort some of the snow speeders out on Hoth. Like, when we're looking out from the cockpits, it's a bit ropey, it's a bit naff. And some of the graphics with the tow rope manoeuvres are a bit uh, oh, underwhelming yeah. <laughs> looking now. Uh, so if I could go back and tinker with those, I would. And for Jedi, um, the shot of the Super Star Destroyer, the Executor, that crashes into the Death Star at the end, I'd make that look good. <laughs> look, I think even George doesn't like that, but it just looks it just looks naff. Uh, otherwise, the stop-motion walkers on Endor, like the chicken walkers, just make them just tidy up some of their movements. I know like, that would lose some of the charm of those films because the charm of it is, you know, they worked wonders with what they had back in the 80s. But if I had the chance here, I'd, I'd just tighten them up a little bit. But what about yourself, mate? It's a fantastic question. Mm. I can't even lie. Um, there is something very small I have never expressed on this podcast, I don't believe. Um, it super, super bugs me. That really, really bugs me. Okay, it's in the New Hope. Um, and as the stormtroopers walk into the cantina, yeah, one of them, you know, there are black lines going across the forehead of like the stormtrooper helmet, yeah, yeah, yeah. like just above the eyes. There's a st- one of the stormtroopers, his is like way high up, and the other one is like normal, and it just bugs the hell out of me, man. I'm just like, why, like, who, who signed off on that? Who did that, George? What, like, who the, who the heck, like, didn't notice that man? Come on. It's a very small thing. I never thing. noticed that. <laughs> Bro, it's so small, but it's like, it bugs the hell out of me. As soon as I read this question, I was like, I know what I'm answering for A New Hope. Because that annoys me every time. Irrationally wakes um, you up, yeah. Yeah, that's just a small thing. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, yeah, again, it's hard to flip him. It's pretty hard to critique Empire because they took so much out. Um, you know what? Oh, it's going to be lame. Probably the same as you, Matty mm-hmm. Boy. It's the stop motion. And once again, there's some things on Hoth that look a smidge naff, particularly the rope stuff. Other than that, I don't know. Maybe, you know, like the uh, worm in the asteroid. What's that called again? Oh, the Exegoth. That's it. Thank you. Cannon geek. Always got to have a cannon geek. Near you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe I, I would change the visuals on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'd be inclined to maybe see what that looks like in a CG, especially a 2020 CG model mm-hmm. or something or a different practical, practical effect. Yeah. I'd, I'd, and I'm talking about when it like when the Falcon is um, coming out of it and the worm like comes out to like eat it almost. And it doesn't. That's oh, it looks like there's just a dude with his arm in it, arm in a sock, and 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 the, and the asteroid is just like a table that they've put, like you know. And there's just a dude, right? Okay, so you're gonna get your arm, put it in here, and you're just gonna like fling it up, Make yeah, jump, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, and Return of the Jedi, um, Jedi's a hard one, um, especially because you're talking about these scenes. Can I take out? the Jedi Rock song. <laughs> yeah. It's your edition. Is that a special edition? 
I don't think Add. That, you said uh, it wasn't specified. It just, it just said you couldn't change the whole thing back to the original. Yeah, I, okay, so I would I would change that, but I'd switch up the song and just switch up the mood a little bit mm-hmm. and like take some s- scenes out. So I'm not taking the whole thing out, but I'd just change it a bit. I think that's the immediate one for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, and I'd make I'd make Vader's suit more polished. Because Vader's suit is like super clean in Empire Strikes Back, and in Return of the Jedi, there's like more smudges on it and stuff. Needs a buffing. Yes, needs a buffing. Needs needs Matt Hudson. Needs a buff thing. <laughs> needs a bit of buffing. That's it. Bit of me. Um, well, Matty boy, as usual, another great question. Thank you, mate. I look forward to your one for next month. And again, guys listening, what would you what would you change to the OT? Not theatrically. Uh, t- t- um, put them back to how they used to be, but, you know, what would you add to do your own special edition? So that's what we thought. That's what Matty Boy thought. So love to hear what you guys thought. And our next one was from Georgie Boy. Local boy, huh? George Constantinou. He said, imagine a parallel galaxy in the prequel trilogy era where the OT didn't yet exist. So Qui-Gon, he defeats Maul. He takes Anakin as his apprentice, sidelining Obi-Wan when he becomes a Jedi Knight. So takes Anakin, Obi-Wan's old news. The tension between Jin and Kenobi continues to rise, but the catch is Obi-Wan becomes Darth Vader in the final scene of Revenge of the Sith. So what would episode two and three look like if it flipped? What would it take for Obi-Wan Kenobi to fall to the dark side? And this is a great what if from the local boy, huh? So, uh, Lukey boy, <laughs> Obi-Wan becomes Vader. You know, what, what, what does two and three look like? And what, what on earth is going to make Kenobi flip? Uh, that's a, it's a very good question. Okay, this is a little bit outside the box, okay. Cool. Count if if Count Dooku was on the scene and Qui-Gon is on the scene as well, both alive at the same time, and Obi-Wan, those three are all together, yeah. I get the feeling that Qui-Gon might leave the Jedi Order. <laughs> I don't think Qui-Gon was gonna like stay around, to be honest. And I think that would have stumbled obi-wan kenobi and he might be more tempted to go to the dark side he might try and bring back his master or try and and dooku might give him you know for something like that to happen like with qui-gon's death obi-wan feels like he he feels compelled to train anakin and to fight for the good side and obi-wan by by his very nature is is that anyway Mm. but to put someone in a position like that you know if Qui-Gon is alive and you see them fall away, now that's a different thing. That might even be harder than death than to lose someone like Qui-Gon, you know? Um, so that's kind of what I would do. That's the route I would probably go down. Um, yeah, and I think Obi-Wan could be tempted by the dark side that way. And of course, you've got uh, Satine uh, in Clone Wars. You know, you've got a love interest there. You could play around with that maybe and echo what happened in the uh, prequel trilogy because really those themes in, in the prequels are, are so fantastic. It's kind, of, it's kind of hard not to think of, uh, of, of those original plot lines. Uh, but what about you, Matty Boy? What do you think? That's a hell of a shout out, to be fair, with old Dukes and Quags. I hadn't thought about that, and that makes the most sense, actually. I, I, I think it's weird to think about. I mean, I, I, I just took it as maybe Qui-Gon would teach Anakin the ways of the Force in such a way that maybe Obi-Wan always wanted, like newer ideas or a greater scope that would have made Obi-Wan a better Jedi and a better person. So, you know, diving into the 
the deeper aspects of the force, or maybe he trusted Anakin with things that he didn't trust Obi-Wan with. Yet, yeah, I've got that as well. Tie that in with something happening to Satine again, which could be something similar to what happened in the Clone Wars, or it could be that Satine, Duchess Satine is again killed again, but it's, it's at, at the hands almost of Qui-Gon and Anakin, who refuse to save her because it's not in the interest of the Jedi, blah, blah, and she passes away, and obviously Obi sees that and sees it as a failure of the Jedi, and he maybe sees the Jedi as oppressive, similarly to how Anakin did. And uh, like I said, it's like a ticking time bomb of events that lead him down the dark path. But uh, I think the idea of Dukes and Quigs together, and then Qui-Gon actually leaving the Jedi, whether that's become a separatist or just losing faith in the Order, I think that could be a big catalyst. And I think you've got to have something similar to what happens in the prequels. You've got to have some sort of love involved or something which the Jedi of old forbid. So to make, you know, like the, the carrot dangling in front of him, you've got to have that to make him kind of like snap almost. But that's a tough one. It's a good one, Georgie boy. And again, I want to know what you think about that, Georgie boy. I think Luke's won the argument of that one. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's a great job, but um, great idea with those two. Luke, George, what do you think? Everyone else, again, Obi-Wan becomes Vader. Episode two and three are flipped because Qui-Gon doesn't die and he takes Anakin on. You know, what, what would it take for Obi-Wan to fall to the dark side? This opens up a can of worms, and I'd love to hear what you guys think. So thank you for that as well, guys. We'll have a new batch of Patreon questions next month. If you want to sign up to our Patreon, you can. It's patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You get three extra shows a month. You get Jibber Jabber, which is my show, The Journal of Luke Blywalker, which is obviously Luke's show, and a podcast where we have a pint and talk Star Wars. Uh, and we've also got a few uh, special shows we dropped during the year. We've got one coming very soon for you and lucky boy if the guys out there want to wear our merch or join us on discord where can they they can get some dope merch from tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash star wars sessions and if you want to join our big spicy group chat that is a star wars discord server then dm us on socials and we'll send you the link and you can join yep so with that it's time to bid farewell to this dirty grungy but beautiful bantina that we love so much so we'll see you again next week patrons of the bantina Star Wars Sessions game! That is right. You heard it, guys. It is this week's Star Wars Sessions game. And Matty Boy, it is my turn to host. So you are the recipient of this week's game. Are you ready for some spice? I think the spice train choo-choo is about to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the spice train all aboard the spice train. Uh, So this one is Empire Strikes Back themed. And actually, it's very much something up your street. Matty boy, you are going to have to listen to reviews film reviews and tell me is that a review for star wars episode five the empire strikes back or is it a review for a different star wars film so the reviews are all star wars film based okay and you have to tell me is it empire or not empire are you ready mate 
I'm ready. It's a great job. Yeah, good one. I'm ready. Yeah, bro. It, it, it's um, it's going to be spicy, but yeah, you watch, you watch. Um, okay. <clears throat> I'm not sure I'm up for more Star Wars adventures, but I can hardly wait for the next one. That could actually apply to almost all of them, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure I'm up for it. Right. I can't wait for this one. Um, oh, man. Uh, see, that could be Empire. It could be Attack of the Clones. I'm, I'm going to go, no, it's not Empire. It is oh. Empire. Believe it or not, it is the Empire Strikes Back. Okay, all right, all right. So so here, here's another one. Here's another one. Um, okay. This film is not a truly terrible movie. It's a nice movie. It's not by any means as nice as its predecessors. It's not as fresh and funny and surprising and witty, but it is nice and inoffensive and in a way that no one associated with it need to be ashamed of. It's also silly. Attending to it is a lot like reading the middle of a comic book. It is amusing in fitful patches, but you're likely to find more beauty, suspense, discipline, craft and art when watching a New York harbour pilot bring the Queen Elizabeth II into her Hudson River birth, which is what this movie most reminds me of. It's a big, expensive, time-consuming, essentially mechanical operation. This movie is about as personal as a Christmas card from a bank. That's got to be Attack of the Clones, mate. <laughs> it's got to be clones. <clears throat> so I had to change some wording, okay? And in these, I have to change wording because sometimes they refer to like other other films and stuff, yeah. like or this film. But, mate, that is The Empire Strikes Back, written in the New York Times. What is going on? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I knew it was badly received, but wow. Yeah. Yeah. What? Uh, that's a shocking one, ain't it? Okay, what about this one, mate? This one is a little shorter. Um, allowing for some dull moments, this movie has considerable visual style. Um, that could be Phantom Menace. That could be The Last Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to go for a hat trick. That ain't Empire. You would be right here, mate. So good. <laughs> yes. That is a review for Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of okay. the Clones. I've got the clones in there. I've been, I thought all of them were for clones so far, but at least one of them was. Mate, it's all, it's all filth. It's all filth. Um, okay, listen to this one. While this film may not receive top marks for originality, that... Oh, hang on. The... Uh, <laughs> The, the This entry <laughs> into the Star Wars saga is still one of the most entertaining blockbusters of the year. You almost gave the plot away there. Nearly. Um, so it's not, it's not original, but it's one of the most entertaining blockbusters of the year. I could begin, could be any of them. Uh, certainly isn't The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> that could be Return what of if the... if it is? If it, if it is, then I, t- I, will, I will eat my hat. Um, I reckon that's Return of the Jedi. 
You reckon it's Return of the Jedi? Yeah, it's not very so original. So you don't think it's Empire? No, I don't think it's very original. I think uh, Jedi, great film, but you know, it's, it's not. It doesn't jump off the page. So I'm going Jedi. Do you know what, mate? Yeah. It's you're right because I'm asking: Is this not Empire Strikes Back? So it's not Empire Strikes Back. It is a review for the Last Jedi. Wow. Right. Wow. Because once again, you're like, how? What film did you watch, man? Uh, again, film, all film is subjective, which is something that reviewers have to take into context, context but consideration, sorry, but really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's filth, mate. It's all filth. What about this one? What about this one? To call this film a good junk movie is no insult. There is enough bad junk around, and surely we're getting over the snobbery of pretending that this is uh, undemocratic to recognise... Oh, hang on. And surely we're getting over the snobbery of pretending that it is undemocratic to recognise any hierarchy of culture, as if both lie and ho can't... And high... (laughs) Low and high can't be appreciated, often be the same people so it's a little wordy that one but uh let me know if you want me to repeat it uh, so bit. basically it's junk but it's good junk and you know let's take right. our blinkers off it is what it is basically uh, um, right right again it could be any of them uh i could be revenge of the sith or oh, that's going to be the rise of skywalker so it's not oh. empire <laughs> oh mate you naughty boy. Sadly, it is The Empire Strikes Back. What? Yes. Okay, it's two out of six. Heck, oh, I get, I get it's looking at it now. To hear to hear The Empire just basically be cool up. It is what it is. It's a load of junk, but it's fun. Looking yes. back now, it's like, wow. Yes. It's, um, yeah. It's, there's a lot of surprises in this. So, okay, mate, I've got one more for you and then we're done. And then we're done. Here we go. The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's not Luke. Empire. Luke. <laughs> oh, my days. Luke, so what? So, so stupid. Yeah, uh, it's getting, it. it's my bedtime. <laughs> So what was the quote for the Rise of Skywalker? Because, again, guys, listen, you know oh, I don't mate. hate the film. It's just, this I'm, is so stupid. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it says the Rise of Skywalker entertains, it elicits laughters, and it makes you feel um, even as you snicker at some predictably basic and occasionally nonsensical story decisions. Oh, I probably would have said the Rise of Skywalker for that as well. I've, uh, I've got a replacement for you. I've got cool a backup then. one, and cool this then. is just in case you blasted through them. Okay, so this is the last one. Um, it doesn't do anything new or even terribly distinctive, but maybe it didn't have to. It just has to be good enough to stick the landing, and it does that. That's... Oh, okay, I've got two out of six, three out of seven, I've got to make this. That's got to be Revenge of the Sith, so not Empire. Oh, really? Is that... What? Okay. Just because it's I, not My thinking is, you know, it's the end of the prequels, the last ever Star Wars film... It's just got to stick the land in. It's all it's got to do. So you would be right in thinking it is not Empire Strikes Back. Okay, it that, is. That is good. It is a review for the Rise of Skywalker. Oh wow! Sticks oh, wow. the land in. It, so I I oh. thought this was a really interesting one to do, to be honest, because um, 
it's always good to go back and see those initial reviews because Empire is is kind of like celebrated as one of the uh, greatest films of all time, you know, especially in pop culture and uh, mythology. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a spicy one, man. Did you enjoy it? Mate, that was filth, man. That was honestly, that was wicked. It's, honestly, it's really hard to switch off from your uh, interpretations and uh, what you know about Bias. the film now. And even though you knew that the film wasn't where well, it was divisive, like episode eight back then, but to hear like some of the the way it was described, and maybe that is just us potentially with our blinkers on a little bit. Um, honestly, some of those really surprised me. And again, sorry to the Rise of Skywalker lovers. I do like, I do enjoy the film, but some of those really surprised me, mate. Great, great shout. Ah, oh, thank you so much, man. And again, apologies for the little hiccup toward the end there in my phone. I was just so excited to give Matty Boy that one because I was like, I'm not sure if he'll get that one, but oh well, it's it's been and gone. I had a, I had a backup. I had a backup. I like the way you like, uh, preempted your own mistake by having a backup. I'm taking that one as three out of eight, actually, not two out of seven, three out of eight. Um, well, I. I got inspiration from you last week because you gave me another naughty uh, bonus question because I got the last one like spot on just like that and you were like no come on right let's do one more. <laughs> Makes so I was like okay point. then I, I, fair play fair play. Well somehow I've got to defeat that game next week and up here I'm not sure I'm going to be able to but uh, knowing what we're speaking about next week I'm going to give it a very good go but uh, speaking Ooh. of next week let's not get ahead of ourselves but that is that for this episode of Star Wars Sessions number 73 the road to 100 begins, uh, but the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. So where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? You can find us at starwarsessions.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. You can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions or feel free to drop us a cheeky voice note or a cheeky message to our email address, sws at what I watch tonight. .co.uk. And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. Yes, please do have a little look. Uh, in the meantime, we're on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, everywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, we're there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and head on over to podchaser.com. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. So drop us a review on there too if you have a spare 30 seconds. It helps us more than you know. It helps us to keep engaging with you guys, which is something we love doing each and every week. So thank you for your constant engagement and support. Yes, and please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your film critics, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin. The more the merrier, the castle spicy. Tell Bidlow Quirve as well. Tell him that this is the podcast you're looking for. So, until next time from me, this Sia, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Mm, Luke, safe! They are Essex-based podcast heroes...
I'm not afraid. Tell that to Kanja Club. <laughs>